Hello, I'm Mark Thompson and welcome to the first episode of the podcast for 177 Nations of Tasmania. And in this episode, I'm talking to Kadir, who's lived in Tasmania for quite a few years now, but originally comes from a small city outside Ankara. And I wanted to talk to him today a bit about some of the differences between living in Turkey and Tasmania and about his journey here. How did he come to be in Tasmania and what's been some of his observations from living here? So without further ado, Kadir, I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, hello everyone. I am Kadir. I'm from Turkey and um, I have been living in Tasmania 19 years and um, yes, I know Mark number of years and um, first I came to Tasmania was February 2001. I came to meet my ex-wife um, parents and to see whereabouts she lives. Uh, we met in England what we were doing volunteer work people with learning disabilities and um, yeah I came and I quite liked the place and um, and then went back to Turkey and applied for immigration and came here October 2001 and since then I'm here. I quite like um, Hobart, Tasmania, um, because it reminds me of my birth city, which is a close, uh, small, small scale of city uh, between Ankara and Cappadocia. I'm sure some um, Tasmanians traveled around Turkey and they know where the Cappadocia is all those fairy chimneys. Anyway, uh, why I like Tasmania is it's a small and when you're walking in the street, you can run into one of your friends or mates and then just stop and have a talk. And um, that makes you feel actually good because I'm running into a familiar face. That's how it was when I was growing in Turkey. And also I love the weather here. (laughs) Nice, um, cold and fresh, clean. And um, I I lived six months in Melbourne, but I didn't like it. And um, I even <laughs> miss Hobart while I'm there. Yeah, what did you like about Melbourne? Uh, everyone in rush. Mm-hmm. After work, you cannot socialize. I was lucky I was living in the city, but majority of the, my work colleagues, they were living in outer suburbs. So even when they finish the work, they have to finish certain times. If they late even a minute, mm. they have to wait next train. Uh-huh. So you don't have any time to, to socialize. But whereas here, it is so easy. Yeah. Everywhere almost literally 20 minutes drive. So you have more time to socialize and engage with your uh, close circle of friends. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love living here. I lived until 17 in my uh, birth city, which is a small scale city. And back then, that was, it's like if you do something silly at school, before you get home, the news travels. <laughs> so that's explain, I think, how small it was. And um, everyone looking after each other. So your neighbors or even your um, neighbors, relatives, close relatives, they also in charge of you as well. And um, I have a large family. We are five siblings and I'm the youngest one. Of course, uh, there was a lot of pressure, especially from my brother.
father. He's seven years older than me and uh, always to be taught what to do mm-hmm. and uh, always study, study, not um, socializing, but um, I think focusing on the friendship, that's uh, what we were taught and always do the best first for yourself and then uh, the people around you can get the benefit of it mm-hmm. so that's that's the uh, the mom always told us do whatever you're doing but do the best and then we can get the benefit I studied physiotherapy mm-hmm. in Turkey which which I, I quite like it and uh, after that um, I went to England to learn English yep. and then uh, that's my journey started yeah. coming to the year. So did you actually work as a physiotherapist in England? No, I was um, firstly I sorted out my English skills first yep. and then um, I was in the process of getting a recognition. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I met my ex-wife, came here, and then we started everything again in Australia to get recognition, and that wasn't easy. Mm. And uh, this system is totally different than in England to to get the recognition, and it's costing too much actually here. And I didn't get enough support to prepare myself to the exam because... In Hobart, we don't have a physiotherapy school. So you cannot go to the university library to get the books out. Mm. Or you can go to the library to to read the books. And I guess this was before the internet was really... Yes. And um, what I did, I found the address of Physiotherapy Association, Tasmanian branch. Anyway, I went there. I introduced myself. I explained what I'm doing here, what I'm going to do. And I need their help. They said they won't let me to use their facility because I'm not a member of (laughs) physiotherapy board so what I did um, someone suggests me one of the physiotherapists he just moved from Queensland Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they set up a couple of weeks workplace experience okay. with this physiotherapist out in, I think it was Bridgewater. There was a community community rehab center there. Yeah. I went there a couple of weeks and thanks to uh, this, this physiotherapist, his name was Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he picked me up because back then I wasn't driving. I didn't have the license. Yeah. So we went there and then... He's just helping me to how the system works here. Yeah. I mean, I got the, the theory knowledge. Yeah. It's just the hospital system and all those paperwork is totally different here. Mm. Anyway, I went to the exam. Yeah. Uh, that was a written exam, but that was multiple choice questions. And I just passed ILTS. So I got seven. That was the requirement. And um, the exam, of course, I failed. For physiotherapy exam? Yes. That was two stages of exam. One is the um, written exam. If you pass that, then you have to find the teaching hospital, which is the, uh, the Royal Hobart Hospital. So you work with physiotherapists under the supervision. And then when you're ready, you pay another couple grants back then. So then pass the practical exam. And if you pass, you are fully recognized physiotherapist. Yeah. 
So when I failed the exam, then they said, if I want to study, they can give me some recognition, mm-hmm. which means I have to move to mainland. Okay. But we didn't because my wife was studying. So okay. one of us has to work. So I did work in the restaurant. That was a Turkish restaurant. Uh, it started as a waiting and then um, with a kitchen hand. Yep. Yeah, I worked almost four or five years and then I worked in bakeries and then I enrolled in Utah's Bachelor uh, of Biotechnology. Okay. Yeah. So a bit of a career change. Yes. Um, Something's close to the physiotherapy was the human movement, but that was in launch system campus. Yep. So you have to travel to the launch system yep. or you have to move there, which wasn't viable for us. And then I also started doing uh, massage therapy. Okay. Just a short time. And then also I was doing um, on demand interpreter for Centerlink. Mm-hmm. And then I got full time job with Centerlink. Now I'm working. Yeah. And I quit university from the second year. The Turkish restaurant was. When I came first as a visitor to Hobart, um, we went to have a dinner there and then I met the owner and he just uh, built up a friendship. And then when I migrated, went there and I said, I'm looking for a job. And uh, the owner said, yeah, let's have a try. Yeah. And yeah, I think... Was he Turkish also? Yes, he was Turkish. And yeah. That seems to be quite a common experience for many new migrants to get into yeah. where they can find someone from there. Similar background, yes. Similar stuff. Um, however, having said that, yeah. for for Hobart, is not many Turkish yeah, communities. So, um, and it's the funny enough is the almost almost all those Turks living here back then. Uh, they are they migrated to Tasmania because their partners were from Tasmania. Uh-huh. So the most of my um, Turkish friends here, they were working in three industry in Turkey. Okay. So, and then that's how they met their uh, partners now is their wives. Uh, that's how they came to um, Tasmania. Yep. Um, but recently, um, the population increased. Um, okay. Yeah, a few people moved from mainland to here. Um, yeah, and and some some um, young ones, young generations, is they they got a um, university degree and they came here under the skilled migration. Most recently, one young fella came. He's a diver, mm-hmm. so he works one of the uh, the aquaculture industry. And another person is a chemical engineer. Maybe the one of the reason the Tasmania is they still affordable place mm-hmm. and especially um, raising young family yep. so and as we talking everything is almost 20 minutes approximate and so that's make you can spend more time with your family rather than mm-hmm. one hour or two hours on the road so yep. that's one of the reason and a couple of the, the Turkish people are here they are from originally Black Sea region okay, okay so in Black Sea the geography it's and the climate similar to Hobart. Okay. Especially when you go down to the catering Margate. Mm-hmm. So even you can grow the some of the um, 
some of the the fruits and so on you can you can grow it's like um, hazelnut uh-huh. the black sea region is the the, the couple cities they are the capital of the the hazelnut production in the world okay so um, the one of the Turkish guy he moved from Sydney and um, yeah he's he's he has lots of uh, hazelnut trees maybe the um, another reason is if you come Hobart you can get extra point for immigration purpose yeah, yeah. so that's maybe the another reason for the younger generation yeah. During my Utah's time, um, we didn't have many uh, international students compared to last few years, especially yeah. the last couple of years, and um, and also the Hobart's whole thing is changed. The Hobart was like a, it was in a shell, and then the shell started cracking about five six years ago. Yeah. So lots of things changed, which is good. Yeah, um, yeah we're getting different shops. We're seeing um, more colorful um, diversity fruits. Yeah, in fact, I just noticed recently there's a new Middle Eastern bakery opening. Not over. It's quite um, exciting, actually, because being a Turk, we love bread. We say here, pipe bread, but it's a pita bread. <laughs> um, yeah, the bread is is the main uh, main source of the food because it's the um, cheaply offered. Especially the <laughs> the families are large, and so. And um, yeah, I hope this this new place will be like a one in Melbourne. I miss the um, cultural engagement uh, because I love watching or going to the theaters okay. in Turkey and um, with the listening live music. So we don't have that option in Hobart because there's not many Turks here. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Melbourne, when I was living in Melbourne, so I had lots of opportunity to do that. So there are um, small private amateur um, theater companies there or some um, music place I mean even when we have some um, religious festivals like end of the Ramadan and so on so because these are things like equivalent of the Christmas yes uh, you're supposed to gather with your family close friends of course we don't have our parents here so what we have here is our family and the friends um, they say about more than 10 years ago that was very close relationship amongst the Turks here and they used to gather okay. but last six seven years we don't yeah. it hasn't happened it's not easy to to uh, gather with everyone yeah. so they have some some reasons I don't know there was two restaurants, Turkish restaurants, and both of them closed now. Yeah. So we don't have any Turkish restaurant, but we have a couple of food stalls in Salamanca Market. Okay. Yeah, one of the fella moved from Sydney with his wife, and so they do the uh, Turkish dessert. It's called lokma. This lokma is is made out of the is, is pastry. So what you do is is a donut, uh, small donut has lots of syrup on it. Um, and you can do some toppings. Yeah. Uh, so he's doing that. Other than what I miss, I miss um, simit, which is Turkish pagan. 
Uh -huh. This is small and has uh, sesame seeds on it. Yep. So this is the um, main meal for students in Turkey. Okay. Yeah, I remember my uni days. Um, in the morning when you go to the school canteen, uni canteen, so you get a cup of tea or coffee with smith. Okay. Okay, the lunchtime, you get... <laughs> Smit with um, as a drink we got iron which is the yogurt drinks ah. so what you do is just get the yogurt and put a pinch of salt and water just mix it yeah. so um, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean, I work for public service and when I go to Turkey, I talk to my brother, he's also working public service in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And when I say, uh, that's how they design office in, in, in Australia, you know, uh, we call a person comes and measures your seats and measures your desk, make sure everything is good. Yeah. And even you get a up and down uh, automatic desk yeah. and it costs them too much. And in Turkey, my brother just laughs. He says, even the um, the general manager of the post office, that's where he works. It doesn't have that much luxury. Yeah. Yeah, they are lucky if they have a good um, seat. <laughs> so that's one of the one of the uh, contrasts here. Yeah. And um, when I was in Turkey, because I, I said I'm the youngest one in the family and I have to do all those. Um, duties like paying the bills and uh, you have to go to the for example if you paying water bill you have to go to the, the particular place and you have to queue and waiting if someone comes in a nice dressing and so on or if you know someone inside it's just jump to queue All right. so I always hated that yeah. coming here everyone just follows so no queue jumping yeah. that's how I like here and um, when you ask me a question to officer, they like it. See, why are you bothering me? Why are you asking a question? Mm, you mean in Turkey? In Turkey, yeah. Why are you asking me a question? Come on. It's not giving um, assistance to the people or, yeah. or any help. Whereas here, when we are explaining everything, that's how how supposed to be. Because um, what I find from the, the some of the Turkish um, community when I talk on the phone, they don't know what is their rights. Yeah. Because when we are growing in Turkey as, as a culture, uh, you don't ask too much, mm. especially with the uh, the government officials. Yeah. Because uh, we had lots of military um, breakdowns and, and so on happen yeah. in the in the history. So you don't want to get cross with the authorities. Yeah. I think uh, maybe the first generation of Turkish migrants here, yeah, they still maintain that. Yeah. And um, they a little bit reluctant to ask the questions. Yeah. What is their rights and is there any other way it can be happen, like the appeals and so on, how the process works. Yeah. So that's that's what I find um, amongst the Turkish community, especially in the in the first generation here. Yeah. In Turkey, if you <laughs> 
especially with the police, mm. don't get cross with them. Yeah. I mean, um, what they do is even just put you in trouble. They can just tear the their button from their uniform. Yeah, right. So that's that says, yeah, you did assaulted me. So you are assaulting public officer. Yeah. Come to the uh, police station. I did some um, these type of things when I was at uni. So we got lots of demonstrations like mm-hmm. uh, international women days and or world peace yeah. uh, demonstrations and so on. And <laughs> it is funny. Um, more than demonstrators, there are uh, undercover police officers. Oh, <laughs> that is funny because that's that is the mentality. You know, just yeah. people going there. You know, asking is a better life, better conditions for the um, everyone. Yeah. So you just going and um, you are not vandalizing anything. You just yeah. putting some slogans out there. You know, shouting or singing, <laughs> and uh, you scared because. Everyone's suspecting each other. In Hobart, when you go down to the Salamanca or somewhere north Hobart, you just run into one of the uh, politicians and just say, good day, good day. I remember um, when I was working in the restaurant, uh, Jim Bacon used to come a lot yeah. to the restaurants. Uh, yeah. Jim Bacon. Yeah. We don't remember. Yeah. So that was a good thing, you know. You just sit down and, and have a talk with him. Yeah. But couldn't do that in Turkey? No, you cannot. Even um, if you want to go to see a MP yeah. in the parliament, well, you have to you have to know someone mm-hmm. close to that uh, politician, and I'm sure you have to give lots of gifts and so on. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's one of the uh, huge difference Turkey and, and Australia. Yeah. When I was growing up, because we are five siblings and I'm the youngest one, all my nieces and nephews, they coming, staying with us. So house is like 10 people and summertime cousins coming from other cities. So it's like, it's not easy to find a place to sleep. So let's say, and when I came here, just me and my wife. <laughs> so it, that, was, that was so quiet. This funny thing is over there is everybody somehow have to or ought to involve with with you. Mm-hmm. I remember when I started uni in Turkey and I want to have a long hair and go to beard okay. and um, my distance relatives even saying, what are you doing? What sort of hair is that? When you're going to cut and stuff like that. This type of things yeah. people want to involve, you know, and they say, Oh, why are you doing that? It's not good things. Come on, I, I want to live for myself, not the people going to tell so you me. Everybody in the family sort of has gets involved with your, with your life. Exactly. Um, I think it, in one extent, maybe good mm-hmm. until certain time of your life. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, especially. When you have a role model within your close family or close cousins, um, they can kind of give you a bit of guidance, yeah. like uh, what you want in the life and how you can get there. All right. So in this sense, it's good. Whereas 
involving with everything, that's not good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Your, your hairstyle. Yeah, your, your hairstyle, what you're doing, that's that's your private life. Um, whereas here, it is just you. Mm-hmm. And and you make the decision and um, either this decision is good or bad, you have to pay the consequences. Yeah. You have to face the consequences. Okay. Um, but what I find here is when I first came, um, it's like a, everyone like a Robinson Cruise. Okay. It's everything is around, yep. around me. Yep. So much thinking of yourself. So not, yeah, not thinking. Individualistic. Yes. Not thinking of your family, yep. your friends. Um, this family and the friendship, it is important. That's what we brought up in the culture. Mm-hmm. So when you come here, it's um, just me. Yep. Maybe, I don't know. That's um, how did I observe. Yep. Um, that's that's what I find and then that's make you just uh, end of the night you just go by yourself and thinking something happens who, who comes to you next mm. to to help you yeah. one of the things um, I find here is the family dynamics wasn't wasn't strong yes I mean I, I don't know maybe this way is I'm just saying that was my observation yeah. when I um, when I introduced my ex-wife to my, my, my parents, uh, she wasn't able to speak Turkish. Of course, mm-hmm. not many people speak in English. And um, all they said, if you are happy, we are happy. That's good. Yeah. So that's, that was the, um, the attitude. And, and what about on the other side when you met your in-laws? In- that, that was interesting uh, because her parents were separated. Okay. And um, when we had a, a kind of engagement party at her father's house and he invited all, all um, friends and some of the ladies is just like uh, inspecting me, like open your mouth, looking my my teeth. They say, really? oh, yes, yeah, so, so nice teeth. I said, what's going on? Am I a uh, monkey in this in the circus? <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was a bit... Um, they uncomfortable, yeah. but um, I passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing is um, with, with the English here, yeah, when I first started restaurant, okay, um, one of the customers said, how are you going? Mm-hmm. I said, I'm thinking, okay, how are you going? I never heard this expression, how are you going? Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived in England before I came here, but I didn't hear much that where I was uh, living, okay? Anyway, how are you going? I said, where am I going? I'm not going anywhere. I just I just come here last week. <laughs> and then and then that, that guy, he explained, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah that was um, one of the one of the things um, I remember from the restaurant. But after that, I just, um, I did find out that all you're just going to say, great, nice day, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. That's your conversation. <laughs> So what about what about in Turkey? What were the typical? Okay, countries? all right, all right. Ah, oh, it's even worse. So boring. Okay, imagine people come to visit your house. Okay. The man asks, "Hi, how are you? How is everyone? How is kids? How is school going? How is work going?" Yeah. Okay, and then wife repeats the same question. Oh. <laughs> so basically, nothing interesting. Mm-hmm.
one thing I think they say when I'm drinking, mm-hmm. they say, wow, you from Turkey, you are a Muslim, why are you drinking? Yeah. That's one of the things I think they didn't know much about um, Turkish people and have the religious can be practiced in Turkey compared yeah. to the other uh, Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was one of the things. And other things is they don't know about the they have the um, how the Turkish people once they giving an opportunity mm-hmm. they can actually show their skills mm-hmm. because the way when we growing up we I mean the, the area I'm coming from the central Turkey so we don't have many interaction with the tourists whereas the people coming from the seaside like Mediterranean or agency yeah. all those uh, tourists destinations they are interacted with the trees and other cultures whereas um, I'm coming from the to the central Turkey we just kind of a little bit shy so you just waiting someone says yeah you can do this one okay have a go so that was uh, that was a little bit um, different mm-hmm. compared to the different regions in Turkey We treat our guest as one of ourselves, so we don't. I mean, even even uh, still happens uh, when the uh, guests coming to the, your house when they prepare the food and so on. No one touches. Okay. You are not allowed to touch. These are for the guest, right. and so you have to give your own room to the guest if they staying overnight yeah. and so on. Yeah, and yeah, it's it is interesting. Some of the the houses they have a. a guest room mm-hmm. so no one I love to use that room it stays there <laughs> just okay. in case if you have a guest when you invite someone to Turkey um, you eat and then they give you the lots of food you have to take yeah. home with you not like you bring your own food yeah. that is the one of the one of the things here it's like you inviting me so I'm expecting you providing food and drink of course I will bring something so it be being a polite but yeah. <laughs> you cook your own things and then I bring my own meal yeah. and stuff like that no it's over there is put everything onto the table and share the food yeah. and the host is the one yes yeah and um, yeah that's that's one of the one of the things in Turkey and here is a bit interesting and another thing is I find here is a bit strange um, when you go when you go out drinking with your mates okay people not looking after each other really? uh, yeah I, I find especially in the in the young ones mm. um, because if we are mates okay when we go out for a drinks it's like four, four or five of us yeah. um, first of all you wouldn't let each other to lose the dignity of having so much drinks yeah. so this type of things not happening here you just leave this person and, and you just go we are not we are not making anyone to uh, stereotyping but it's just what I see when we are drinking um, in Turkey when we say 
someone has to be in charge of the table. Yeah. So that person designated driver. Kind of, yeah. That person also drinks, okay, yeah. but um, because when you are drinking, you are eating at the same time, so it's like a, the things is follow in a certain order, the, the food, the, the drinks, and so on, you know, meze and, and stuff like that. So yeah. it comes and that person can observe how you're going. Yeah. So if I'm going too fast, then next round they skip me giving a drinks. Okay. So that allows me time to be yeah. come back. Yeah. So if you are not obeying the rules next time, you are not invited. The biggest challenge for me was, okay, let's say migrating to another country, I always relate to memory loss. Mm-hmm. Only difference is you know your name and your last address, mm-hmm. okay? The rest of the things is blank. Mm-hmm. So my previous education, my previous life experiences, work experiences doesn't count here. Yeah, right. So to, to start here, it's not easy because um, I am saying, yeah, I, I, as a physiotherapist, I travel so I live this, this, this. Yeah. No, doesn't count. So they say, which school did you go here? Where did you work here? So I think that's the biggest challenge um, I experience to say, look, I may exist in this society and I want part of this society. Mm-hmm. So you have to... You have to work hard. Yeah. You have to don't give up. Yeah. So if you give up and if you think so much uh, emotional, then you cannot stay here. You cannot successful. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one of the one of the biggest challenge because everything here is who you know, who you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I quite understand because I come from small city in Turkey, and when they giving a job to someone they ask ah, who's how much um, how much you know about Mark for example they say okay or they know uh, if you are not born in this city uh, your chance is very slim to get a job so I quite understand but I didn't expect it's going to be like this hard here that, that is the biggest challenge yeah. to, to to start here I think that's important because um, changing country is the one of the biggest uh, step okay so you saying goodbye to everything mm. the second is the language you have to speak the language you have to learn okay and um, the third is getting a job yeah. once I think once you once you find a job you are feeling differently yeah. you, you start to like in this place because you can make a plan yeah. so if you don't have the job you are hating you are hating yourself alright and you, you keep asking yourself what am I doing here why I came why am I wasting my time and then here is a, is a island so island of the island if you are thinking so much deep you will have a, uh, some mental issues I don't know what is the migrant resource center these days offering assistance to the newly arrived migrants here. Mm. I don't know. It's back then. Uh, it wasn't that much active. Yeah. So, and also the government authorities. I think so you just pay your immigration fees yeah. and so you get your tickets and you are here by yourself. Yeah. yeah. But I guess um, don't give up and... Look, look to the future. That's a good message to end on, I think. Yeah, thanks, Mark.
Thank you.